Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. What is going on, DDP Snake Pit fans? It's time for another edition of DDP Snake Pit. It presented exclusively by Podcast Heat. I am John Alba, joined as I am every single week by the Hall of Famers themselves, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. Gentlemen, how we doing? Awesome. It's going to be interesting today, man. Fun. Uh, <laughs> now, going blind and like seriously going blind into this uh Q&A with people who wrote in uh, or, or tried the video in, except for when they made the video, they put their face right here. Again, it was our first time. Yeah, well, I'm just letting them know <laughs> we're going to be doing this from time to time. So if you put the video camera out here or put it on something and hit play, we'll probably try to put you up there uh, if you have a good question. You know, if it's one of those ridiculous questions we're not answering that bullshit but you know if it's a good question we'll answer it i think this is a a wonderful idea i think we can uh, get in touch with some of our fans that are listening and i'm really looking forward to this i think we should do it every month myself well one one week a month we do this you know but uh sit down and actually think because if you ask me where my snake is I'm not telling you. <laughs> I might show you, but I won't tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, we asked you guys to hashtag DDP Snake Pit to get your questions in. And let's get to it. Why don't we? It's yeah. a special Q&A edition of DDP Snake Pit. And we begin with Brandon. Brandon says, I've heard that Jake's rivalry with Sting in WCW wasn't his favorite. What has Jake's experience been like working with Sting backstage in AEW? And what does Jake and DDP, what do Jake and DDP think of the Stinger's recent matches in AEW? We uh, had a short run in in the day. And uh, unfortunately, I was dealing with some outside problems with Bill Watts and with my own problems. But uh, at that time, Sting wasn't, wasn't real happy with what was going on. I don't think many of us were. And uh, I think we could have certainly done more and uh, had a longer run. And I think with a longer run, you know, sometimes you're pitched something and you realize it's going to be a short bang, bang, and that's it. So you don't really sink your teeth into it, really get a, you know, a good taste for it. But uh, as far as backstage and everything, are you kidding me? We get along fine. Um, we talk all the time when we're when we're there, and uh, there's absolutely no animosity at all, man. Are you kidding me? He's one of the guys, man. He works his ass off, and you know he goes out and does things now that I can't do. So yeah, I'm jealous. Insane. You know it pisses me off that he's still able to do it, but uh, you know that's just part of life. You know, I mean, I, if you can do it, more power to you. Yeah, I was blown away when. Uh... You know, I got Sting coming in and doing it a bit like I yeah. did or whatever. But when I heard he was staying, like me and Sting are staying in touch. And uh, it might be even a couple of years in between, but we stay in touch. And now more than ever, you know, because, man, that was one of my favorite guys to work with was in WCW. Like my favorite 
probably of all of my matches, my favorite match, I think, is with him. It's one. It's it's right there in the top. You know, you know, guys, him and Savage. You know, I even like the love the match of Goldberg. But the match I'm talking about is when I dropped the world title to him, and when we were going through that match. What ended up happening is we're going home. Like we're, we're we're going home. We're going into the finish, and they said you got five more minutes. And that's where working with someone a number of times, you're okay. you. yeah, you're okay. And if you can talk, and I was one of those guys that have always been, oh, Dallas has to lay everything out. No, I want to know exactly where we're going, but I'm willing to change if it's not working. Because I know how to call shit, you know, and I was pretty good at it. And if I, even though I went through a match, I still talked the entire time. I'm talking through the whole thing. And Stinger, he came at me and I grabbed him. I threw him to the floor. I go, go to the floor. He's like, what? Because, <laughs> because that's not where we're supposed to be going. And he went because I really threw him. And he got out. He was hot. And I had to like grab him by the throat and I go, we got five more minutes, bro. And then I gave him a big chop and, and we kept going. And because it looked like we were going home and then we didn't, it made the match better. Mm. And knowing the kind of abuse that he put on his body, like Sting didn't phone his matches in. Like he, he every night, well, him and Flair might go sixty minutes, you know, early on in his career. Yeah. He he put the time in, so for him to put the time in the way he has, and to still be doing it the way you know he's way he's doing it. Like I watched him the other night, you know, when uh, when uh, um, he came out there, you know, to help Darby at the end, and uh, then you know, friggin' the lights go out and. You know, and next thing you know, he's out there laying. Uh, that's how I want to go down with the lights out, so I can just lay down. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, slowly. But uh, he's doing. Uh, I got a picture. Like I'll send him Texas. I go, is this really you? And it's him flying like ten feet down, crazy down on people. And he said yes a number of times. Uh, it's funny because Darby and I are really tight, and. Uh, you know, one of the things people look at Darby, he's going to be crippled by the time he's 40, you know, but Darby does do a lot of maintenance. He does my DDP yoga program. He eats really clean. He's drug free. You know, he's one of those cats. What is it called when you're uh, straight edge, straight edge? He's one of those guys, you know, so that's probably what really helps him. But he's always trying to talk Sting into doing, dude, you need to do DDP yoga. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it at some point. But he tries to get him all the time, but he, he just hasn't done it yet. And uh, I, I said to him, at some point, I own him, you know, especially with what he's doing now. So, uh, you know, I think it's I, I, I'm happy that he can still go out there and live that dream. Yeah, man. Jesus. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm just jealous. I mean, he he might have a longer run than Rick at this point, which who has had had a longer run than Rick? You know, and I mean consistently working because Sting went from WCW working to TNA working. Now the schedule wasn't what it used to be, yeah. but he's still out there every yeah. week. You know, and then he went to WWE and did that, and now he's at AEW. Like. He might go down, you know, to have that unbelievable. You know, he's already has it, you know, uh, to be in that, that Ric Flair spot. I, I say like Jericho is another one of those guys, you know, that freaking have had that amazing run and been able to do it, you know, pretty amazing. 
And and the quality is not suffering either. The crowd is incredibly invested in everything he does, and he makes moments now, which is so cool for him to be doing. And and I love watching him. Great insight from you guys there. This one's from Mike. He says, DDP and Jake, you're such a... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's where's Mike from? Do we have any of that or just have Mike? No, uh, Mike Yazzie is his name. Yeah, uh, I'm saying the whole name. Try try to say the whole name anyway. Okay. So they know sure. we're not just taking names sure. out of nowhere. This is real people. You got it. Well, this is Mike Yazzie, and he says, DDP and Jake, you're such an inspiration to all of us. Both of you have made an impact on my life. I'm a car guy, so to both of you, what was your first car, your favorite car back in the day? And if you had one cassette tape for the ride from town to town, what would it be? Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so both favorite car? Favorite car, if, like, I've had, I had a lot of cars, yeah. but my favorite car is the car I have right now, which is a Tesla X, because it goes from zero to 60 in 3.1 seconds. And I'm not a guy who needs to do 100 miles an hour. I'm not that guy, but I want to do 50 now. You know, I don't ever cut anybody off because I hit that thing. I'm Jack's snake back in that seat. He's like, enough of this, enough. Because you know? it literally will kill you. your toys. G-force. G but I love that. Uh, that What I hate about it is you can't take it on long trips because then you have to stop and charge yeah. along the way. But I love that car. When people see the, you know, the hawk wings open up for the back seats, it's a great little uh, spectacle. Um but uh, yeah, I would think that was my favorite car. And for music, you know, I've got my own blends now more than anything. And it might be my Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin music. You know, it might be uh, it might be a, a series of just kick ass rock and roll that me and him grew up with. You know, best of the seventies. You know, um, or it might be uh, it might be country music. You know, <laughs> or sometimes I even get into some rap. You know, and I'll, and I'll throw in my rap mix. So, uh, yeah, I love all kinds of music. What about you, about Jake? You? Wow. I think my favorite car back in the day was an IROC I had, an 87. Was that, a, was, that like a, was that like a Camaro? Yeah. 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 Had snakeskin interior I did myself. And, uh, <laughs> the seats were uh, from Hard Rock Cafe jackets from different cities. Oh, that's cool. Uh, wait a minute. Let me, let me interject here. He had a Hard Rock Cafe jacket from every one he went into. That's cool. Berlin, uh, Sydney, Australia, uh, and London. And I had them in Mexico City. That's what I had for the seat covers in there. You know, I had them taken apart and then made into the seat covers. Very cool. With the snake skin. And, of course, it had been ramped up quite a bit. But uh, I've got a new toy now. It's a 65 Caddy. Mm. And uh, it's, a, it's a sedan to veal convertible. And uh, it only had 46,000 miles on it when I got it. Not a dent or scratch on it. Uh, maroon today. But uh, during COVID, I got bored. And I let my mind wander and play. And next thing you know, I've called my mechanic and told him to pull the engine and transmission out of it. And I'm adding 350 horsepower to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Headers, uh, all sorts of stuff on it that should not be on a Mm. luxury car. (laughs) I want it to be a freak. Like you? Yeah, I know. (laughs) And then I want to paint it uh, candy apple red with a white snake going down the side of it, man. That's going to be my, uh, that's going to be my beach mobile, man. For me and the wife, uh, to hop in and, and cruise the beaches and uh, 
you know, low-key. Drive the grandkids around in it during Halloween. I did that last year. I drove them around on Halloween in the in the convertible. And I, I spent about four grand on a stereo system in it. It's oh, very wow. loud. So what are you listening to on that stereo system? Oh, simple. Skinner. Skinner, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, man. Uh, you watch the Resurrection of Jake the Snake. There's a scene in there where we're, it's Halloween. Yeah. And I answer the door, and the guy's like, Oh my God, JDP, I thought this was your house, man. I'm such a big fan. And then he sees Jake, and Jake goes, Well, happy Halloween to you. And he's like, like <laughs> It was like he saw Moses. He's like, Oh my God, Jake. <laughs> it's like, it's the best sell ever. Yeah. He, he didn't register, man. He, he oversold it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> I love that. All right, let's get this one from Jay Saliba87. And he says, for DDP, who's your favorite opponent to give the diamond cutter to? God, there was a lot of great ones. Um, my favorite was probably Canyon because he would hit and flip and flop. And Bagwell would take a great one, too, boy. He would hit, boom, and flip to his back. He'd get some height, too, like a foot in the air height. Um, my favorite one was like almost a mistake and it was tank Abbott. And when I took him, you know, I took him, but he did the, like he did his Spike. speed in the air and spiked. Ooh, oh. I thought, I mean, tank was like, yeah, nothing. It was easy. I was thinking, well, I was thinking, God, that I break his neck. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> but that's, if you ever could find that one, that's a, that's a death. <laughs> like uh, I broke his neck. He's done. Mm. Well, on the flip side of that, E underscore Briggs 22 asks, Jake, who took the DDT the best? Oh, that's simple, man. Len Denton. The first one, right? Yeah, the grappler. Yeah, the guy that I invented it with. Uh, he used to hit, he'd hit flat and then go about three, four, three, four feet, three or four feet in the air and turn over and land flat on his back, man. Just so simple. So beautiful to watch. Because it just looks like it just... Caves his skull in. Yeah, yeah definitely. Lynn didn't. We got to throw the story in about the beginning. Says you, you were here. A lot of people didn't hear. No. Like with the DDT, like what happened the first time? Yeah. Basically, we were wrestling a match, and at the time, I used to use a knee lift for a finish, and I would I would work a guy down in a hole in a front face lock, and he'd work his way back to his feet, and then he'd shove me into the corner, drive me into the corner, and I'd wrench it, wrench it, and fight him back out into the middle of the ring. Do that a couple of times. And then the third time, I'd finally let go. But as I let go, he would stagger back, and then I'd hit him with a short knee lift, which he would take a bump near the ropes. I'd dive on him, one, two foot on the rope. Oh, right, right. Go back to the hole. You know, that's back during the 45-minute match time, you know. Mm. But, um uh, the one night we went out there and we were doing that and he went to push me into the corner and he stepped on my foot <laughs> so I couldn't move and he just kept pushing so I went flat on my back looked like I fell stumbled and fell like the crowd popped up. yeah the crowd went oh and I jumped to my feet like I didn't fall down. I didn't fall down. I didn't look stupid. <laughs> you know, being the typical baby face. But he laid there. And when we got in the back, I talked to him a couple nights later. He's like, dude, did you hear that pop the other night? I said, yeah, man, what the hell? 
I thought they were going to laugh. He's no man. They sold that. They they bought that shit. And after that, I started just playing around with it a little bit. But uh, yeah, without Lynn Denton, DDT wouldn't have happened. How about that? That's a great story. You know, you know it's really interesting too because the guys that you know you watch your guys who, and I'm sure Jake had his own guys that he watched, and oh, yeah. you're like who inspired him. And of course, <laughs> the number one guy who got me back wrestling again was Jake. Randy Savage, uh, Kurt Henning, Terry Funk. Um, these are guys that, you know, a little piece of each one. And th that his thing was the instant out of nowhere. That's the original out of nowhere. And when I came up with the diamond cutter one day out of nowhere, he was taking a drag of his cigarette and he kind of laughed a little bit. And he looked over me and he goes, now you're getting it. Like, yeah. The instantaneous out of nowhere, because the crowd wants to be surprised. They because in wrestling they think they know everything, right? <laughs> you know they want to be surprised, and if you can give them a finish that came out of nowhere that pops them like that did in the opening, and yeah. while wow, Jake, you know, put the reps in and got it really down to a science of, and I can remember as a heel, and they're chanting DDT, which again kind of crazy, but. Reminiscent of DDP because yeah. they're already used to doing that. So when I get that chant, that's what they chanted. They didn't mm -hmm. chant Diamond Dallas. You know, they chanted DDP, you know, and I wasn't really even using that yeah. as much back then, you know, and, uh, Falls but, in line. you know, it's, uh, when, when you have something that the people can relate to and you give them to do that, they already know how to do. Yeah. You know, and, and because we were, you know, again, he was my mentor, you know, uh, it was, uh, you know, he would get the, he'd get him in it and they start chanting DDT and he'd push him off. Let go of him. <laughs> you prick. Oh, I'm not doing it for you assholes. <laughs> yeah. it's just, I was watching Foley's. You know, it's really great. You're a wrestling fan. If you're watching this, you probably are. You know, if you, if you haven't got the A&E biographies. They're really, really well done. I watched Foley's last night. Mm. It's really good. And there was a point where Mick was, uh, you know, like he's the king of hardcore. I drove, when I started wrestling, I was managing, I would drive with Rick, uh, with Rick with, with, with Cactus. And then when I started to work, it was me and him and Stone Cold, a bunch on the road together. And I would say to him, bro, you don't have to take that bump because Watson taking away the pads. Yeah. So he's doing the elbow, running elbow on the pad. Now it becomes cement. And he'd already done that, which I, I noticed I didn't really realize because I wasn't with him in WCCW down in, that, uh, down in Dallas. But that's wood floors. And he would be doing the running. He was putting his body at such abuse, you know, abusing his body, but he was doing it for the love of the art. Now, he's paying for that all now. But I don't think he would go back and change it because no. it's what made it made him. You've heard me talk about before. It was Eric Bischoff who really put this in my head. I knew it, but he's the one who really laid it out for me. There's better than and there's less than. And unless you're the man, unless you're the guy, whether it's Austin or Hulk or, you know, Cena, whoever it is, whoever Sting, whoever it is. If you ain't him, you're less than, unless you're different than. And different than, you have to, to walk a path less traveled. Jake was different than. Mm -hmm. He didn't yell. He was soft with his when he talked. 
When he raised his voice, you knew, who he's hot. You know, he was different then. And that's what, what really makes whoever the boys are, makes them, you know, stand out where the people can get, sure. you know. Uh, we got two good questions here from Rob. It's got one for each of you. The first is, Jake, if you could go back in a WWE ring with today's roster, who would you want to go up against? That's from Rob Buchanan. If you could go back in a WWE ring with today's roster, Jake, who would you want to go up against? Either Orton or Drew McIntyre. Why then? I've always been very appreciative of the Orton family. Uh, wrestle Bob. I watched Bob's father wrestle. Um, I think he's a tremendous talent. And there's something in his that he does that's just not quite perfect. And I don't know what it is. So I, I want to get in the ring and feel it. And um, I know the one experience I did have in the ring with him, you know, of course, I took his finish. And it just felt right to do it, you know. And uh, anybody I feel like that with, I know I can have a lot of fun with and experience some things that I haven't had. And uh, I think we'd have a tremendous oh, match. Why McIntyre? Well, because he was a, he was one of my one-day students in uh, Scotland, you know. Hmm. And uh, I, I remember him. He said, you said, you yeah. said to him, he was going to be somebody. So you're going to make it, kid. And I knew it then because he, he was different than the rest of the people there. And he just had a presence about him. You know, and if you've got that gift, man, you better use it. And boy, is he using it. And this one is from Rob as well. He says, Dallas, if you could redo your retirement match, who would you want to retire you? And what type of match would it be? You know, it would have been Randy. And I thought that, you know, you know, Diamond Cutter versus RKO, like no brainer. Um, or People's Champion versus People's Champion. You know, coming back, I would love to have had that. And again, I'll do the job. <laughs> you know, guys who have done jobs, and Jake's done a lot, so have I. You know, even, you know, after I came back and was on top of the world, I still did a ton of jobs. Right. It's, it's, it's what did, you know, there's a Maya Angelou uh, quote, and she said um, that she'd learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but they won't forget the way you made them feel. And that's what people take out of those matches. Yeah. You know, like, like the, if you watch the fans, they know it's a work, especially today. Yeah. You go back to Jake's day, there's still people who don't, you know. Sure. And they're not, they're not, they're not dumb people. They're people who freaking just love the art and they, and they want to believe. But you look at it today, you see the emotions of the people when something happens. And today the shit looks you know, they're doing death-defying shit today. So they really know that guy's really put his body, you know, on the line out there. Um, so they're, they are, they're um, invested, you know, in the characters, in the person. And uh, um, I think that's what, you know, makes, you can't kill wrestling no matter what. And to be able to go out there and, 
and work with those two guys, you know, would have been a lot of fun, you know, but again, if I would have worked with rock when I first came in WWE, if that would have happened, my life might've been completely different, you know, who knows? And I, I tell you the God's honest truth. I wouldn't change my life for anything. So I take the good, the bad and the ugly throughout it all. And I couldn't be any happier where I am today. And Dallas said he wouldn't mind laying down on his back, looking up the lights. If it was a matter of working with those guys, well, I'm going to help you lay down in your bed because this is what you want. It's called chilly sleep. Science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering core body temperature. (laughs) I love your comments there, Jake. They're the best. I'm so proud of my little boy. (laughs) Little Johnny boy might make it someday. Uh, Oh, you weren't straight through the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, temperature control. Temperature-controlled sleep repairs muscle after a hard day's work. It improves cognitive function, so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. That's where chilly sleep comes in. It makes customizable climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. They make the Uller and Cube Sleep Systems hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. It's uh, I, I can't fathom this guys imagine this just imagine this waking up and feeling refreshed not feeling tired because you had a temperature controlled sleep and you do why is that jake why do you do that because i have chili sleep bro man i like to turn that thing down to where it's like an ice cube laying on top mm. of an ice cube man i feel like i'm getting out of a crypt in the morning but i feel good <laughs> i feel refreshed you know, I think that one of the worst feelings in the world is when you wake up and you got a bead of sweat that has ran into your ear and you're trying to shake it loose. You know, that's not the way I want to wake up, man. I just want to wake up and just feel. <sighs> and Dallas, amazing. I know, I know you love that. It goes right over the mattress and it's super easy to control at that point. He likes it because he can do it on his phone, you know? Well, I like anything I can control. <laughs> and that's true. It's, it's very, uh, <laughs> It's it's very like a futuristic type thing, you know, where a computer <laughs> set chilly sleep to, you know, and you can't talk to it like that. But all you got to do is push it in and turn and, my uh, bed back you know, and, and it's ready to go. And I, I don't I, once I've done it, I don't have to think about it again. That's the best part, you know, because I got so many things run through my head. The last thing I want to think about, oh, that feels good. Getting into bed, you know, <laughs> and turning it on and chilling it down and. I'm going to have a session, but to make sure it's extra cold. Mm. <laughs> well, for an, extra, that, for an extra layer of comfort, they make the chili blankets the only weighted blanket that can be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. And we want to help you out here on DDP Snake Pit. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash DDP Snake to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new cube cooler sleep system. That's 30%, Jake. 30%. It's offer. Man, I, I like that. Yeah, as I'm you should. Start selling them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this offer is available exclusively for DDP Snake Pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C H I L I, sleep.com slash DDP Snake to take advantage of these exclusive discounts and wake up refreshed every single 
day. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Let's keep it coming here, guys, with these great questions. Uh, So, Bob, Bob, let's see, Bob Books here says, DDP, God bless you for what you have done for fellow wrestlers. But do you think professional wrestling organizations should have insurance for retiring or injured wrestlers? Would a union be in order? Um, I don't think it'll ever happen, (laughs) but I think it should. You know, I think it's just like, all I know is with the money that me and Jake made, and Kevin and I, Kevin Nash and I were the one talking about this one time, with the money we made in wrestling, if it was like that, like say it was the SAG, because they pay accordingly to what you make and what you pay in and dues and blah, blah, blah. We would be making so much money, like guaranteed from retirement, you know, and I don't think those unions would want to pay out, you know, the money that the top guys make, you know. Um, but you never know. I, I, I'd like to see it. If anybody should be doing it, it should be AEW should be setting the the, the, the laws for that there because it's, I, I believe Warner Brothers owns that friggin' company. You know, uh, is that, is it Warner Brothers now? I don't know. Tony Khan owns the company, but they license. No, not that. I'm talking about owns the TV company. Oh, Discovery bought Warner Media. Oh, so that's what I'm saying. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Discovery. You think everybody at uh, Discovery got insurance? That they do. Yes, they do. You know, I think that Tony does some kind of insurance thing. I think he does do something. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't know what it is. I haven't seen it, but uh, it'll never be enough. Yeah, but but either way, it's it's anything that you know. Tony's a really straight up dude, man. Yeah, you know, I, I like him a lot. You I know, can't, uh, I can't say tell you how, just how wonderful he is. He's just amazing. I've always thought that a players' association type union for wrestling, based on each company, would probably work in some capacity. But there's so many legal hurdles that have to be cleared in that. So yeah. uh, we'll see if that ever happens. Uh, Grace, yeah. sixteen. Don't, don't hold your breath. <laughs> don't hold your breath right Grace 16b says hi jake do you have any stories on mr wrestling 2 dick murdoch killer carl cox or jerry oates oh my god i know you could write a book about that alone so oh god yeah so pick one or two of those okay i'll give you one on killer carl cox okay you know he, he was a special guy man i mean KKK, give me a break. Killer Carl Cox, man. He didn't care. How, how big was he? Oh, six foot, 250 pounds. Tough old timer. And uh, I remember he was working for Watts, and Watts had built this new house up in Bixby, Oklahoma. And uh, he was doing a grand opening of his home, and he had Murdoch and Cox there. Because the governor loved Carl Cox. Well, the governor was there. The mayor of the city was there. All these higher-ups in the city fathers were all there. And they were all inside. And they look out to the pool, and there's Carl Cox on the diving board. 
Got his dick in his hand. He's pissing in the pool. Was he shit face? Yeah, he had a few beers. <laughs> and uh, Watts went screaming out there, and um, Cox, just real cool, he told him, says, hey, I paid for it. I'll piss in it. Kept right on doing what he was doing. Oh, uh, oh Carl my Cox was something else, man. He was a unbelievable hand in the ring. God almighty, I, I was fortunate enough to referee some of his matches. And when I started years, years later, he was around and, uh, oh my God, he was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was visiting with him and we were in a hotel room and we were talking, he'd get his gear out and getting it dried and all that stuff. And he said, I, I got beer on the way. Don't worry about it. I, I told him, I'll go, go, I'll go get us some beer. He said, oh, it's on the way. So, okay, whatever. So I sat down talking to him. She got the TV on. Well, it just so happened John Wayne is on television, right? So we're talking and John Wayne's on television. And then there's a, he goes, I got it. And he opens the door and this was a real sweetheart of a girl, I'm sure. But she had some acne problems, you know, and uh, she looked pretty rough. And Carl said, he snatched the beer out of her hand. He goes, I told you, never interrupt me when I'm watching John Wayne. And he slammed the door. <laughs> you know, and sat back down and opened the beer and handed it to me. I was like, <laughs> just see this shit, man. That's awesome. And I seen that girl a few nights later, and she's like, you're lucky you got to watch the movie with him. He loves John Wayne. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. He just got rid of you. That's, That's awesome. Uh, let's see here. We got a question from Matt Bargeron. He says, with that much badassness in the room, how do you all keep the roof on the place? Seems like the room would simply explode from all the awesome. Keep it up, boys. Thanks for everything. Said there's a roof on the place. There you go. <laughs> you showed a shot of this? I see this guy. A little cloudy today. Looks like go. rain. Well, we thank you for that, Matt. Uh, Lee says, Lee Myrick. Still have my classic cuffs from the 80s. It used to be peanut butter jars. So many licensed products back in the day. Do you guys still get royalties from all those things? <laughs> Next question. The, the pennies. Pennies and nothing from any of that shit. Yeah. No, pennies would really suck. You know, and if there was going to be, I never wanted there to anybody to win a war. You know, the Monday Night Wars. I never wanted, as one of the boys the last thing you want is one company controlling everything. True. Thank God for Tony Khan, yeah. you know, coming back and investing in, you know, what we do. Um, but when it's one person, you know, taking control, it, it, well, they control that. They control everything else, you know. I mean, they can make people get on their knees and kiss their ass or bark oh, or whatever. That, that would never happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, kissing ass is not so bad from what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> leaving that alone. Yeah, leave that alone. Leave that uh, alone. <laughs> Pablo's got two questions, one for each of you here. The first is to Jake. The segment where Earthquake sat on Damien tore me up. So did he really sit on it? And what was the secret if not? Okay, let me tell you, if people had the same rights that a snake does, we'd be well off. 
the world would not be able to treat us the way they do because that snake has a lot of rights. And uh, for us to do that whole thing, we had to get the SPCA down there, or SPCA, whatever it is. Whatever their letters are. Yeah. They had to inspect the snake before and after the match. Now, we go to the ring, we do some stuff, and the snake is put underneath the ring. Then I go out and I put the snake back on top of the ring. Then Earthquake does the squash. All right? So I got the the snake out at first. I put it in the bag and I put it in the corner. Then Jimmy Hart puts it underneath the ring. Then I go out there, grab it, put it back on the outside of the ring. Oh, that's good. That that makes sense. Right there. That makes sense. Right there. The people have seen the snake. They know it's in the bag. And now Earthquake does the kibosh, which I fought with Vince over this because Vince wanted me to be knocked out and on the outside of the ring. And I said, no. If you want the most out of this, have Earthquake tie me up in the ropes and have to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the worst thing possible, sure. you know, is to have to actually watch what's happening, not guess about it. So he squashes it, of course. I look in the bag, I react, sell it. Oh, my God, it's horrible. I carry the snake to the back, and that woman is there, and she's crying. Oh, wait, so I want to interject here. You, in the, what, what's, what's this some kind of sausage you made inside? No, no, so, it, it was a woman's pantyhose uh, stuffed with hamburger meat. Uh, that's it. That's that way, it. when he squashed it, it would bleed. Right, right, yeah. right. So that's why they bought it. Well, yeah, yeah. that's the way I sold it. Well, no, not really. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did a great job of selling yeah, it. Yeah, you're a good actor. Anyway. But the snake was all yes. good. Oh, yeah, he was fine, man. But that woman cursed me out. For, because she's like, look at those kids out there. They're crying. They're crying. They're crying. They're crying. They're crying. I said, supposed you know, to be. John Wayne didn't die in any of his movies. Yeah, he did. Yeah, finally. <laughs> True grit. <laughs> True grit, yeah. And the heat, the heat, the, heat, the friggin' death. Daniel Dern is that was that his name? Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. The the the, the, oh, the death threats. Everything oh my else, god! It was like it's a movie. Yeah, he had but, death threats. Had to have guards around his house. Man, you shot John Wayne. Nobody fucks with John Wayne. That's crazy, but true. You know, yeah, it is. so understandable. But out there, it's real from what they saw because oh, they yeah. saw the snake. They saw it, in, and it's the old magic sleight of hand yeah. thing. You know, different bags. There you but, go. Uh, yeah, she she cursed me out pretty good, and then whenever I showed her that it wasn't dead, she double cursed me. Yeah, out. sure. Now she's really pissed. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, don't make it. You happy, lady? <laughs> Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. He says to Dallas, how did the diamond cutter come about? And besides yours, who else has a deadly cutter finisher? What was the last part? Who else has a deadly cutter finisher? Um... So let's, uh, let's start where it happened. Um, Johnny Ace, Johnny Laurinaitis, um, he was working in Japan 
And we were best friends, man. We, we, me and Johnny for known him since eight, 89, super tight. And this is like 94 or 5. I can't remember. I think it might be 5. And he was on his way to Japan and laying in <coughs> Atlanta, so he stayed at my house. And he was like, hey, uh, I said, I'm going down to power plant. I want to come? He goes, yeah. He goes, I got this finish I want you to do. He goes, I think it's perfect for you. And what Johnny would do is grab the guy with one arm, and he'd make a peace sign. And then he'd kick out. That's what he did. And we went down there and just grabbed them. And Regal was there. And Regal gave me the cravat. He goes, let's make it legit. So he teached me how to do that cravat hold. I get you in that cravat hold. You ain't going nowhere. Because I'm going to lean in. And if you don't go. Your neck does. You're going. <laughs> you know. So Regal gave me that. And it took a while. You know, it was a running thing. It was, a, you know, different things. But that day, every Triple H was there. Um, Canyon was there. Kidman was there. Uh, no, Kidman wasn't there. He wasn't in yet. But Canyon was there. Watts was there. And I was just practicing on different guys. And that's where I started with it. And like I said, Jake would always, you know, if I came out, drove out to Lawrenceville where he was living, because um, he was back with Cheryl then, and I'd come out there and he'd watch my matches with me. And some of them were brutal to watch, you know, I must admit. But it was only something that was a takeaway from everything, you know, reps. So I'm not just doing it. I'm watching it and say, how do we make that better? You know, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever is Peyton, Peyton Manning. He was known for game films, watching and studying everything. And that's what I was doing. And in the beginning, I was ridiculed for it. Everybody busts my balls. Everybody laughed at him. You know, they, they tried to get me to stop doing it by just laughing at me, just by you know, intimidating me, like screwing me. And, and look at today. God, I wonder how many guys taped their matches yeah. and put them up with YouTube. Mm. Oh, billions. Yeah. But again, I'm the, first, I'm the only guy doing it for years. So I bring it to Jake, and that's when I catch that one diamond cutter out of nowhere. And what I, I remember distinctly because it was against Scotty Riggs and he went to uh, to do something to me and I was near the ropes and it was going to be a suplex and I held the rope and when I came back down, I caught him and hit him. And Jake went, now nah, you're starting to get it. And because like we were talking about earlier, people want to be surprised. You know, they want to go, oh, you know, I didn't feel see that, that rush, coming. man. And um, I would say... Uh, Guys, you know, got so many guys started imitating it right then. And there was one time where, uh, and I got this from Bubba. You know, Bubba would, uh, the Dudleys at ECW, and they would take and throw the guy up in the air and catch him on the way down. And when I did that to, uh, uh, to, can't remember, King, Bobby King, I think it was his name. When I did that to him, I went right to the hard camera. I went, thanks, Bubba. <laughs> you know, awesome. and, and he, you know, because it became like today, there's a billion cutters I never thought yeah. of. One of my favorite ones, and it's not because he's my boy, but Cody, when he jumps up off that rope mm -hmm. and jumps back, like, dude, the, 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 era, the cutter with he and Sammy, Sammy G, the cutter with he and Sammy G. Oh, that was insane. Holy there's shit. There's so much. There's so much chance for a fuck up. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's so much chance. And especially with the one Cody does through that, like Cody had a backup plan in case Sammy didn't catch it. You know what I mean? Because anything could happen. He jumped from the ropes to spring to that top of that uh, ladder 
anything could have happened. Yeah. But he's such a great athlete. I mean, he could probably be like Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio could have been a world class gymnast. Oh, I believe Sammy uh, Sammy G is, is 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 the same caliber. You know, and but Cody had a backup in case that didn't happen, but it did. It did. And he picked, kicked out perfectly and hit. So God, there's been Randy Orton had done so many great ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really it was really funny. And Johnny is so funny. Again, he used to do it with one arm, peace sign. Next thing I know, it's a decade later, and I see a you know uh, Ace Crusher video of Johnny doing one diamond cutter out of Ace Crusher out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And I called him up. I go, dude, you never told me that you took the out of nowhere out of it. And he just started laughing. He goes, I knew you'd see it eventually. He goes, hey, I gave something to you. You gave something to me. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's there how go. it works. Yeah. Pretend. I think my favorite might be the WrestleMania one with Seth Rollins and him stepping up on Randy's back, going all the way in the air, and then Randy coming down with him. The timing these guys have to pull off a move like that is just And it's not practiced. No. Like, people think that shit's practiced. It's not. When I did the one with uh, Eddie Guerrero on Saturday night, uh, 605 show, he says, how about this? Because guys would come to me now and know that I'm going to work with. How about we do it this way? And Eddie's was, he's like, take me into a power bomb and then flip me. I go, but what? your junk, your junk, your junk's in my face. He goes, no, no, do it like this. And all I did was reach out and grab him and I rolled him up on my shoulder. Now Eddie's laying over backwards, right? And as he's looking over to me, I go, now what, Eddie? He goes, boost me. And I went, and he just flipped and he just slid down my back to the ground. I go, wow, boy, if we could nail that. And we nailed it. I was so pumped. I was like a maniac all over the ring, you know, because it was, the place went crazy. Uh, But that was Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And I just had to time it. You know, it's reps. When you have the reps like we've had, your timing just gets better and better. Like that match I had with Sting when they got, got five more minutes. We had worked enough together and we knew how to dance with each other and talk, you know? Yeah. Uh, we got two more here, guys, before we wrap things up on this edition of DDP Snake Pit. Uh, a wrestling historian asks, how was the feud with you and The Undertaker against the Ultimate Warrior supposed to end if he hadn't left the WWF? Well, I was supposed to work with Warrior. And um, from that point, I don't know. I don't, I, well, I'm sure I wasn't going to win the title. But, but uh, you got to work on top, make a bunch of money. Yeah, but I am going to work with him all the way around. That was the idea. I was finally going to make my money, my retirement. But it didn't happen. But, yeah. Yep. All right, here's our last yeah. one. Gringo Brandino asks. What's How his name? Ringo Brandino? Gringo Brandino. Gringo. Okay. That is a gimmick. I would assume that is a gimmick, um, <laughs> but he's, he wants to know the answer from both of you for this one. How would you fix modern wrestling to make it more appealing to the masses again? Hmm. Now keep in mind, pro wrestling right first, now is more of all, profitable than it's all, ever been. Make, make no mistake about there's masses. Yes. Watching yes. Wrestling. Yeah. Masses. You know, uh, I don't know if it needs to be fixed. I'd like to see more. But if you see the older guys, 
that you're watching that who you used to be flying all over the place, waste the, the guys have slowed down because they're getting older and they don't need to take as many bumps, you know, and you're seeing a lot more storyline. Uh, I'll tell you, I watched the only thing I, I watch, you know, NXT for is mainly because Bronson, Bron Breaker is a really good friend of mine and and I and I love what, what he's been doing all the way through. But some of the storylines on NXT are just brutal to watch, like like some of them. And some of the stuff is good. But that's going to be on all shows. I noticed when I was watching AEW, because I don't watch everything, but I watch enough. And there's enough good things to overshadow the Absolutely. things that are like, what are they doing with this? Absolutely. You know, so I, I the interesting numbers, you know, that that we don't see is the streaming effect that comes through Peacock, you know, and when you do get a pay-per-view, there's still a bunch of people paying for that pay-per-view, but there's also people on, you know, what used to be the network, Peacock, that are getting it. Like, so there's, there's way more people watching than you think. And because if the platform has changed so much, mm-hmm. uh, what, what, what I would like to see, because I've seen some of it going a little sideways, reality-based. And that's why I like watching Bronson, because he's reality-based. You know, uh, Drew McIntyre, you know, I, I like watching him. I like anything that Edge is doing, I, you know, I like watching his stuff. You know, I like there's certain guys that, you know, just they're just reality-based. Moxley. You know, I, I watched Kingston in uh, Jericho the other night. Ooh. You know, oh god, I got sore watching that crazy shit. But I, but I, but it was still I like Eddie Kingston and I love Jericho. You yeah. know, uh, he's like I say, he's he's a goat, man. You know, uh, he's still out there putting it all out there, man. And uh, you know, so I don't really think I don't think it's you know, I think it's still good. And I know a lot of people. Well, I just love what you guys did. It changes. It changes. Yeah, I think there's the different flavors for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. There always will be. As far as fixing it, I think I, I think that uh, Tony Khan fixed it when he brought that company in, you know, and, and made something happen, and giving giving guys the opportunities or a choice of where to go, and or now they've got a card to play. Before the athletes had no cards to play; they had to work for one job, and that was the, to get events or nothing well now you have a choice and uh kudos to him hey hey it's conrad thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com people often ask me what exactly is adfree shows all about well i'm glad you asked not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just nine dollars but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like click this with kevin nash Gentleman Villain with William Regal. Oh, you didn't know with Brian James and others. But yeah, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Back, title chase, and strictly business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at adfreeshows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. 
See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com. It's the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now. Adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. The one thing I would love to see more out of modern wrestling would just be more selling across the board. People oh, really, yeah, well, and, and that that goes without that goes without saying yeah, yeah. that if if we had more of that, and you're going to see that in the bigger matches, you know what I mean. You don't have to do a this move and a this move and a this move when that first move was a finish. Yeah, you know. So it, that is what it is, and you know uh, if you were working, if you were working five days a week, which they don't work yeah. in AEW. The matches would be different. If you're working yeah, right. 20 plus days a month, the mat, there would be more sound. Uh, yeah, yeah, there would. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Right. I mean, like, out of, out of friggin' just pain. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think a lot of the non selling comes from these kids that think they have to keep moving or the match is going to go dead, you know? And they don't know how to work for a pop. They just want to go, 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 go. You know, and, and that's just going to take some time. It's going to take some time. But, yeah, I agree with you. It'd be nice. I, I guess, you know, rethinking this whole thing, what I would like to see is that uh, they start respecting finishing holes again and uh, making those things count, you know. It's over. The match happened. Boom, it's done. You know, instead of having to be hit by 14 chairs, a baseball bat, and drop the cow out of the ceiling on a guy's head. <laughs> because it's really just getting to the point now, you know, come on. Yeah. You've had all this shit happen to you, but you get beat by a friggin' schoolboy? Give me a break, man. I hate that damn schoolboy. I get it, if man. If you're taking a schoolboy to lose a match, let me tell you what you are. You are not confident in your own work. <laughs> That's the shoot. Some words of I advice there. The I want to get beat by the guy's best move. Yeah. There you Not go. Not by an accident where I slipped on a banana peel. Well, he got lucky. Unless he's going to slap, step up, and then I can hit him with a cutter afterwards. Not a bean. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. On him. This is a lot of fun, guys. We really appreciate all the questions. And, again, if you want to do this in the future, hashtag DDP Snake Pit. We would love to see some video questions. So just make sure, as Dallas said, you hold that phone out. I always tell people film sideways instead of vertical. It makes it look better on screen. Hold it out, not right up on the nose. And uh, we'd love to see them. John, I I just want to say I'm a little disappointed because I was promised that there was going to be a question from – I'm not going to name names, but she works for uh, High Spots. And I seen her yesterday, and she promised me that she'd have a question in her for us, and she didn't do it. So shame on you, girl. Well, we'll make sure she might that. Have got picked. Well, I don't even want to say her name. <laughs> well, we'll make sure that uh, hey, we're able to hey, get hey, a question. Hey, let, let me interject. Let me interject. The bottom line is this went insanely fast. Well, it's not my problem. She no, promised me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking oh, about that. It, yo, the time. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I, li- I, I like the format. And I do, too. You guys get to hear what you want to hear as opposed to us talking about whatever. Yeah. You know, so uh, Let's do it once send them in. At least. And, and it might go to, if we, get, if we get flooded with questions, then we're going to freaking keep it going maybe twice a month, you know, and do who it. knows. So, yo, you get to pick. And I like if, it. And if it isn't... Uh, if it isn't questions, like, this is what I would see, that, like, to hear these guys in-depth talk about this subject. 
We want to do what you guys want us to do. Yeah, that's absolutely. why we're here. You know, absolutely. I'm with that entirely. We thank everyone who did send in questions. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. We appreciate you guys all here on DDP Snake Pit, and we'll see you next time.